If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of John. And while you're turning, many of you ask, what is the seven for? What is the seven for? Some of you knew, some of you didn't know. Well, it could stand for several things. First of all, the number seven in the Bible is a perfect number. Chapter 2, in the first part of chapter 3 of the book of Revelation, it talks about the seven churches of Asia Minor. It talks about the seven spirits. Um, But it's a perfect number. God's aware. And you know the opposite of the number seven perfect is the three sixes. Three sixes that's going to go in people's hands or on their forehead if they reject Jesus Christ. That's going to be as as three horrible numbers. You know, I didn't ask for the numbers on my driver's license. Uh, They disappear. I mean, there there they are. And every time somebody says, what's your driver's license number, I break it up because I don't like to say, because right in the middle of my license is 666. (laughs) You say, oh, so what? Well, you know. I break it up. I go six, six, and I wait a minute and go six. <laughs> oh. All right, the Gospel of John. Jesus is speaking, and anytime he's speaking, I want to know exactly what he's saying and what does he mean. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth in not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers." This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief, on the other hand, cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But he said, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. May we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we call on you because of who you are. Lord, because of who you are, you know who we are and where we are. Father, I thank you for all the guests you have sent our way today. Many are traveling. I pray that you give them traveling mercies. Uh, God, I thank you for them taking time uh, to enjoy uh, America. And Lord, I am so thankful to be able to say God has blessed and is blessing America. Lord, I pray for all of our leaders, our local leaders, our state leaders, uh, our leaders of our nation, Lord, I, I just thank you and praise you that I was born in America. Lord, I thank you even more for saving my soul and, and, and for giving me a name above every name, and that's the name of Jesus. 
Lord, I thank you for a new song in our heart that we can sing, I love Jesus. God, we thank you for this church. I thank you for every member, Lord, those that work so hard. Lord, I thank you for the merge group who sponsored our uh, tailgating this morning. I thank you for each one of those members, Lord, and for the hard work that they've done very early this morning to make, make this a success. Lord, I pray that you'd be with all of our people today, that you'd watch over and keep them safe. And Lord, speak to us through your holy word. Now, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This is probably going to be a little different than normally, but you pay attention, pay close attention, because the word of God is what needs to speak to our hearts. I don't, okay? I don't need to speak to your heart. Because I don't know your heart. But God knows your heart. He knows my heart. And it's his place to speak uh, to our hearts. Uh, Every team has an owner. When you think about it. Every team has a coach. Every football team has a quarterback. And every team has fans. And every team has followers. When I think of that, I think of every God. Every God-fearing, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, gospel-singing church has an owner. And that owner is God. There is nobody else in the world that owns this outfit. God owns it all. And he has given us life. He's given it more abundantly so we can have it, so we can enjoy it. I serve a God who is over all. I serve a God who is sovereign. He is in control of everything. Somebody said, you mean even the storms? Well, who else is in control of the storms? Well, why did the storm tear up this and people lose lives? Listen, it's always been. You think about Noah and the ark. There was only eight people saved. The rest of them perished. All their possessions, all their belongings was washed away. But they had a chance. They had a choice to choose God, but they chose not to. You know, our boys are left, done left home now. As far as the training part, that's over with. I can't train up a child anymore the way he ought to go because our boys are done grown adult men with wives and children. Now it's their responsibility. But when I look at me as a grandparent, it is still my responsibility to help raise and train those grandbabies when they come to visit. Okay? And I want to tell you, there's a group that we really need to pray for. Well, there's two groups. Grandparents that are trying to raise grandyoungins. We need to pray for them. The other group is the sorry parents who won't take initiative to raise their own children and dump them on grandparents. They need prayer. I'm serious, y'all. Listen, it's time that people stood up, that a man become and be a man that God's called him to be instead of a wimp. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. A man says, well, I don't love them anymore. Uh, they can tend to themselves. They've grown now and they, they're on their own. I don't care. You're the daddy and so am I. And that title will never leave. Our boys call me. They call me three or four times a week. Daddy, what you doing? What are you doing? It's always, what am I doing? They want to know what the daddy's doing. I think I told you what the oldest said. Daddy, when you get where you're not able to take care of yourself, don't you worry. We're going to put you in the best rest home we can find. 
That's good news. I mean, I want to be in the best, you know. <laughs> well, at least they're thinking about it. Hey, it's coming. It's coming. It's going to be a day when this body, if it lives, won't be able to take care of itself. It won't be able to feed itself. All those other things that goes on. <laughs> he won't be able to take care of himself if I live. I don't know if you saw the, the, uh, on the news, a man was 100 years old and still going to help feed the hunger. And he said, I hope I can live to be 120 and still able to do this right here. My goodness, 100 years old. He said, you know the thing about it is they can't fire me. He said they can't cut my pay because I'm doing it for nothing. He's really not doing it for nothing. God is blessing him to touch lives. I said, God is. He is sovereign. He is in charge. Regardless of what the media might say or what people might want to think, my God is the owner of this place. It's his. And I say again, every God-fearing, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, gospel-singing church has a coach. And that's Jesus. My goodness, can you just think about what Jesus did for us. He paid it all, the song says. The Bible says he died one time and he died for all and he's not coming back to die again. He's coming back to get the church. I mean, the Bible talks about the bride and the bridegroom. You realize, hey, we are the bride. And we're going to look better than we look now when that wedding time comes, let me tell you. We're going to look better than what we look now. But every, everyone, we, we've got a, 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 a coach whose name is Jesus. Every God-fearing, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, gospel-singing church has a pastor-preacher. You know, it probably doesn't make a whole lot of difference to you. Yeah, I know it makes a difference to some of you. But I want to be your pastor, preacher, and I want to do it the best I can. And the best I can, I'm going to fail, okay? I'm going to fail to go to the hospital when I should have went. I'm going to fail to come to your house when I should have went. I'm, I'm going to fail to call you when I should have called you. But I want to be, I want to be the best pastor that I can be. You know why? Well, a couple of reasons. Because God's called me to pastor, God's called me to preach. But second of all, because I know you love me. You deserve better. Many times you deserve better. But God has blessed us, I said us, here at First Baptist, what he has given us. And, and I, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel sorry for any church that their pastor walks away. I feel sorry for any pastor who's asked to walk away. But I also, I think about this, because since I am a pastor, I can say this, some of us are so sorry, and we're not doing our job, we should walk away before the church just literally dies. God forbid that I would ever be responsible for somebody or a church disbanding that's a sad thing. And it's happening in our association, y'all. It's happening in our county. 
where pastors are walking away, where pastors are being asked to walk away, where, where churches are, are dis, they're disbanding, they're going their own separate ways. Every God-fearing, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, gospel choir-singing, church has fans and they've got followers. Fans and followers. Some of you are fans and some of you are followers. When I think about that, I think about... When I think about uh, God as my owner, I think of, of uh, when I was a, a young boy and I'd go to my daddy for advice, for instructions, and for permission. I think of God the same way. I go to God for advice. Lord, I don't know what to do here. I need your advice. I think of him when I, when I can have enough sense enough to have patience to wait on his instructions. I think about Moses and all the children of Israel that was behind him that was depending on him to get them to safety when they got to the Red Sea and, and people's crowding around. Don't you know they were screaming and hollering, see, we followed this man, now look what we're facing. But God said, Moses, you, you tell him to be still and listen. You raise your rod, and when he did, the waters parted. And I'm talking, the Bible says that the waters parted. And the children of Israel went across on dry ground. Dry ground. Now, what did he do with those enemies? Did he not have some kind of love for the enemies? Hey, they were against God's people. You don't go against God's people and get away with it. The children of Israel got through. And as soon as Pharaoh's army, the chariots, the horses, and the horsemen, hey, as soon as they were in the midst, waters came together and they were all drowned. They all perished because you don't mess with God's people. I think sometimes, you know, we are, I won't say y'all are, we are. We are guilty of running down God's people. We're guilty of running down God's man. We're all guilty of it. But we need to, we need to man up and woman up and, and, and be all that God would have us to be, um, whether we are a fan or a follower. I'll say more about that in a moment. But when I think about that, I, I do. I think of my daddy giving me advice, giving me instructions. Sometimes I didn't always follow him. Real simple things. I was shooting firecrackers one night. I was just a young boy. I wasn't afraid of nothing. I was out there in the dark. I had a pack of firecrackers, and I'd light them things and watch them and then throw them out there and pay. Daddy came to the door, and all he said was, Son, you're going to get hurt. You better not hold them in your hand. Boom, shut the door. He said he didn't get set down good. He heard me screaming. Because I lit this little guy and I threw it. Hmm, what's wrong with it? Picked it up. <laughs> I didn't heed the instructions. I got hurt. I got hurt bad. I also remember asking for permission. And God expects us, hey, Father, 
may I, can I, will you allow me to, and tell him. He's our heavenly father. You can speak to our, your, our heavenly father like we speak to our earthly father. Daddy, hey, I would love to do, is there any way you could give me permission to do this? And you wait. You know, the waiting's the hardest part. That is the hardest part to wait on God, but he's always on time. You know, not according to my schedule, not according to yours, but according to his schedule, he will come through. I think about that in praying, praying, praying. And, and, and sometimes Lynn will say in, uh, in her prayers, God, we, we, we call the same names every morning. And we do every morning calling them same names. That lost list I got, I call their names every morning. I name their name because I'm trusting God to save their soul. I thank God every morning for our church, our church family, and those who are struggling, our youth, our college kids. Hey, they need prayer. They need guidance. Cassie put up Jeremiah 33, 3. You can turn in your Bible to it if you'd like. Jeremiah 33, 3. I want to tell you what kind of God we have. Look what he says. God says, call unto me. Now, what does that say? It says to me, I serve a listening God. The Bible says his ears are open to the cries of his children. He wants to hear from us. So I ask you a question, as if you were to ask me. When is the last time God has heard you ask him? Call on me, he says. He is a listening God. And I will answer thee. I mean, hey, that tells you, hey, he's an answering God. He will give us an answer. Now, the, the answer he gives sometimes, that's not what I had in mind, God. Well, I'm sorry. You know, hey, here's your instructions. You asked me. You called on me. I answered you. And then he says, I'll show you great and mighty things. Uh, he's a showing God. You know, I think of the seasons. Somebody laughed at me this morning about my message yesterday afternoon. I was. I was sitting on the porch. This sorry low downs you could get. Just sitting on the porch rocking. And I'm, I'm looking at the blue sky, and it was so gorgeous, and a few white clouds. And it's amazing if you got time to look at cloud formations, what you will see in cloud formations. And the beautiful sunshine and thanking God for the good rain he had sent. He's in charge of the weather. He's in charge of the sunrise, the sunsets, all of that. He paints a pretty picture. He is in control and of this physical being. Yeah, even when I'm sick. Hey, I couldn't figure out. I was already wore out before I went to bed. And then woke up at 2 or 2.30, sick, up and down, up and down. I'm thinking, gosh, if I don't get some rest here, what's going to happen in the morning? There was a reason. I haven't figured the reason out yet, and maybe I won't figure it out, and that's okay. Great and mighty things, which you don't know anything about. 
You know, we'd like to think we know a little bit about everything, but the older I get, I'm finding out I know little about all things. Because God keeps changing things. God keeps moving in and, and going and doing and talking and speaking and sharing. And his word is so precious. Call on me, I'll answer thee, and I'll show you great and mighty things which you don't even know about. Okay, Cassie, you can take that one down. But my Jesus, I, I'm, I'm so thankful that he's a, um, he's a listening God. Jeremiah 33, 11. Um, I may have to turn that one over here because it's, it's a real long verse. Jeremiah 33, 11 talks about the voice. Listen, the voice of joy. And there's a comma. The voice of joy. We sing about that joy. We sing about it at Christmas time. But we can sing about it any time. That I have joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Why? Because of who Jesus is. And the voice of gladness. Hey, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. And then the voice of the bridegroom, that's you, that's me. No, it isn't, sorry. That's the voice of Jesus. You know, Jesus also said in the New Testament, if you've heard me speak, you've heard my father speak. My voice is the voice of my father because he came to do the will of his father. And then there's the voice of the bride. That's you and me. We are the bride of Christ. And it's up to us to reach out, to reach up, and to share joy. The voice of them that shall say. Listen to this. Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. Would you, would you, I would invite you, I would encourage you. Let's say that together. On the count of three, what I want you to say is praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. Are you ready? One, two, three. Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. He's good all the time. All the time God's good. May not look like it, may not sound like it, but he is because he's God. He knows what I need. That verse continues, says, for his mercy endureth forever. God's having mercy right now. If you hadn't thought about it lately, listen, God is having mercy right now on you and me, and for sure, he's having mercy on the lost, waiting on them to accept his son as their savior. And then it says, and of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. You know, people shout, raise their hands for different things. Um, but it encourages me, and it helps me when I hear people say amen, if you agree. Or raise your hand, if you agree. Or say hallelujah, if you agree. Okay, it's okay in here. I ask some people, how come y'all so quiet? Well, that's just where I was, the way I was raised. Well, what if you was raised to run your mouth all the time? You know, somebody else wouldn't get to say anything. So it's okay to praise the Lord. He says, bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. Listen to this. For I will cause to return the captivity of the land as, it, as at the first. Who said that? The Bible says, saith the Lord. And when we think about all of that, I think about um, the, what God has done and, and still is doing, the voice of the Father. 
When I think about a football thing, I, theme, I, team, I think about a quarterback. Where would a team be if on the day of kickoff and they get in the huddle and the quarterback says, God, look at me. I'm quitting. I'm walking off the field right now. That'd tear coaches' nerves up, wouldn't it? But yet people do that in church. Hey, I'm quitting. I'm walking out. Listen, I, I, hey, that's the last thing. I don't want to walk out of here until it's over. Okay? I don't want to walk out till God's done. I think about a quarterback, which is the pastor. You can have the best quarterback. You can have the best pastor there is. But if you don't have somebody that's going to catch the ball, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, the person that catches that ball, He's either going to get clobbered or he's going to run for dear life and he's going to score. One of the two is going to happen. You mark it now. And I mean, I don't see how some of them's body takes what it takes. On the other hand, I, as your pastor, as your preacher, I'm to preach the word of God every time I stand. And hopefully there will be somebody who will catch it. Hopefully there will be somebody who will receive it and use it for the glory of God and run with it and share it with somebody else. But a lot of people just sit, they listen, they watch. Uh, I'm so, almost on, uh, where's Mark sitting? You hiding, son? Oh, I see your hand. I'm almost like him uh, about this thing called football. Because when I get a chance to kick one, I left to just kick it and throw it and, 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 and watch it. it it's, you can't tell which way it's going to go. I mean, it's a jump in here and a jump in there, and finally it'll come to rest if you sit there. Reminds me of some people. You can't tell which way they're going to go. And some of them are just sitting there, just rocking as comfortable they can be. How is it with you when you're in the stands and your team scores and everybody's on their feet and screaming and hollering and you're sitting there? Makes a glad when this is over. They're going to look at you and say, what is wrong with him? Does he know where he is? I think it was. I wish I could tell it, do it by heart. I'd do it start right now. Was it Andy Griffin said what it is is football? Wasn't that him? Hello? <laughs> I bet Daryl can get up here and do it. I ought to get him to do it. But he, he, tells, he tells a story about football. What it was was football. Well, I've got to preach the word. Hope somebody's going to hear. And, of course, in every game, you've got fans and you've got followers. If the team's winning, hey, the fans are going to be there. That team goes to losing, that fan's going to go find somebody who's winning and jump on it. Okay, I'm already looking. I'm trying to figure out about this uh, World Series who I'm going to pull for. You know, I don't have a favorite. I just pick one. Start it off. Pick one to start with. But, you know, a team uh, uh, that's, that's winning or losing, you got a crowd called the followers. They're going to hang in there. Win or lose. You know, I think I think I fault some pastors when things are going bad, okay? When things are going bad, they say, well, I've done all I can do. I'm going to go on down here to another church. Well, I'm going to tell you something about that church where he's done all he can do. 
That team is still a team. He's going to leave that team and go off down yonder to another team. It's going to be the same problems. It's just a different faces. So what do I do? Hey, I'm here till God says it's time to move over. Okay, it's time to move over. I mean, I'm going to be here. I'm a follower of Jesus. If things are going bad, I need to see why they're going bad. Why does a coach call a timeout? Things not going to suit him. He's going to call a timeout. He's going to call the group together and say, listen, I, this is what I just saw. And he's not happy about it. He's not happy about it. Well... Verse 1, Jesus simply says, Verily, verily, I say unto you. He's talking to us. He that entereth in not by the door of the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way. He said, You are a thief and you are a robber. Jesus has given us a warning here. There is only one way to Jesus. Hello? And that's through... uh, through his blood. That's, that's the only way. Jesus extends a welcome in verses 2 and 3. He says, To him the porter openeth the door, because he hears the voice, and he calleth on his own sheep by name. And guess what? He, lead, he leads them out. Jesus knows the way, according to verse 4. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, because they know his voice. Somebody asks, what, what does his voice sound like when he speaks to you? I can't describe it, literally. I'm sorry. I can't describe it, what it sounds like, but I know it's him because of what he's asking me to do. I know the opposite of that would would be the devil's side. So, hey, I know it's God speaking, and I need to listen. And so we see uh, there in the scripture, in verse 5, Jesus knows the way Pharaohs. Verse 5 says, and a stranger will they not follow but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of the devil. Again, what does the devil's voice sound like? I can't describe it. But I know when he's speaking also, because I know it goes against the word of God. It goes against the spirit of God. When I think about this, Jesus said in verse 9, I'm the door. I am the door. You know how you got in here today? You didn't crawl through a window. You didn't drop out of the ceiling. You came through a door. Jesus said, I am the door. If any man's going to follow me, he's got to go pass through this door and follow me because I'm on my way back to my father's house. And right now I've gone to prepare a place for you and I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. I am the good shepherd, verse 11 says, the good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. You know, not one living soul in this whole wide world has ever given their life for me. Now, my mother gave birth to me, okay? My mother had a choice. She could have aborted me in Portland, Oregon. To this day, I'd be a nobody. She didn't choose that route. He chose to give birth to me. And I thank God for my mom and my daddy who trained up their child the way he should go. He didn't always go that way. But as the Bible says, as he gets old, he will not depart from it. 
I can see my mom and daddy right now standing in our yard in Pierstown. They were fixing to leave the house. I followed them out. I had to tell them because they didn't know at this point. I said, Mom and Daddy, I said, God's calling me to preach. Mama just started crying. From that day to the day she was unable to come to church, she sat about along there somewhere behind Carolyn right here. And the whole time I'd be preaching, she'd be crying. I don't know why. I never asked her why. But she gave me birth. But God gave me life. Hallelujah. If you don't know Jesus, I beg you today. He stands at the door, the Bible says, and knocks. And he wants us to come. Wants, he wants to come in. But he can't come if you don't invite him. If you have invited him and you're not doing like he wants you to do, you know that. And there's room for forgiveness. I thank all of you who are guests in the house today. If you need to come to this altar, the altar is open for you. Whatever the need is today, ask God, what do you want me to do? And once you ask, hey, he's listening. He says, I will answer you. May not be the answer you want or I want, but he said, I'll do it. I'll answer you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would touch hearts and lives And Lord, I thank you for the privilege, Lord, to share your holy word today. God, I thank you in the name of Jesus that I'm a follower of you and not a fan. That wherever you go, I'm going. Wherever you send, I promise, Lord, I will go. Whatever you tell me to say, God, I promise I'll say it. Because I want you to receive all the glory and the praise for it. And we cheer you on, dear God, because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.